Discussing mental health can be considered daunting, difficult, and extremely sensitive topic, even with your partner. When we find opening up about these things difficult with the ones we hold most dear, how can we even consider talking to anyone else within the family, or friends, co-workers, strangers, therapists? I mean, what would they think? How would they react? Will they think I'm a burden, or am I attention-seeking? All of these things and more often race through people's thoughts when in reality, others are almost always fighting their own battles and probably thinking exactly the same thing. Hello folks, and welcome to The Theseus Project, a podcast about men's mental health and our fight against its stigma. I'm your editor and host, Michael Chard. Today's topic, opening up and getting help. Once again, throughout this podcast, I will be using my own experiences to better describe the thoughts and feelings. In the last episode, we touched on overthinking, and this will have some roots in that area as well. So, if you're out and about, or in the car, or just sat down with a hot brew, I sincerely hope you find this enjoyable and useful. So, why do we need to open up? Mental health issues can affect and impact anyone at any stage of their lives. Unfortunately, discrimination and stigma can make people apprehensive about opening up with their experiences and seek any assistance or urgent help. Mental health in men especially continues to be a taboo subject with a majority of men suffering in silence when they experience feelings of sadness, loneliness, anxiety, or a number of any other symptoms. It is thought that as many as one in eight men have a common mental health problem, yet research from the mentalhealthfoundation.org back in November 2020 shows that men struggle to discuss or even seek help. In the UK, men are only around 50% as likely to access therapy, and it is believed that the men are even less likely to speak to family or friends about these important issues. Evidence proves that men turn to self-destructive and or harmful coping methods such as substance abuse, then disconnecting or distancing themselves from their family and their social circles. Shockingly, according to gov.uk health profile, suicide is the most common cause of death. That's approximately 75% of recorded deaths of men under the age of 50 years old. That is just frightening. And using my own experience as a guide, not completely unexpected. During my darkest times, I had often thoughts of being useless, unwanted, a burden on others and a total failure and as I become older into my 40s these difficult thoughts have crept back into my mind whenever I felt specifically vulnerable especially vulnerable quite a few times I've held knives to certain areas of my body thought about crashing my car or my motorcycle and I even had crushed tablets in one hand and water in the other ready to finish the job But now I understand, 
Now I seek help and I aim to become a better man each day. Speaking about becoming a man, societal expectations and traditional gender-based roles play a significant part in why guys are less likely to open up, discuss, or seek help for their mental health problems. It is understood that gender stereotypes about women, women, the idea that they should behave, act, or look a certain way can be damaging, but it is just as important to understand and accept that men can also be, and often are, damaged by these societal stereotypes and expectations too. Men are often made out to be, or expected to be, the household breadwinners, and to be strong, resilient, dominant, and in total control of their emotions, their feelings, and their environment. While these are not seen to be negative things within wider society, they can make it harder for men to break through the stigma and reach out for help and open up. After conducting the research for this podcast, I've noticed that men who can't speak openly about their emotions may be less able to recognize the symptoms of mental health problems in themselves and less likely to reach out for support and open up. However, it's not all bleak. There is research online that points to suggest will men that will accept help or access help when they feel it meets their preferences is easily accessible and meaningful and engaging. And this is what the Theseus Project aims to do. By using our own experiences to open up, be honest and allow others to do the same, how we want to explore how, what, when and where we should be able to do this. And hope that if this assists just one man and one person finds support from this cell exercise, then it'd be worth it. I hope you find this next part helpful. I'd like to be able to take this time to reflect on my own experiences as the basis of this podcast. I hope you do too. Looking back, I can see where I obtained my strength and support for dealing with the majority of my mental health or my negative mental health while growing up. In my pre-teens and teens and into my 20s, I came from a broken single-parent home where the father who didn't want to be involved anymore broke contact with me and lacked any support and my mother who blamed me for every single thing that she could think of. I often became the victim of physical and mental abuse from my mother with constant reminders of how I looked like my father and how bad he was, physically attacking me for no reason whatsoever however emotional blackmail was definitely her her main weapon of choice as bad as this situation was in my development i had a circle of friends that was always there available and could be trusted to listen into my late teens and early 20s and often in periods of extreme drunkenness people in this specific circle would break out into small groups during nights out house parties and gatherings and offload their often alcohol-fueled and alcohol-driven feelings. Anything and everything could and would be brought up and discussed into the early hours and sometimes we'd sober up and watch the sunlight together. 
There must have been something special about this specific network at this specific time in our lives, in that we all helped each other get through the struggle of maturing into adulthood. Whether we all had some specific mental health issue or growing up in odd circumstances, or was it just a period of growing up? Who knows? And to be honest, that might be subject for a completely whole, whole another podcast. Unfortunately, all these things, they couldn't last forever. And as time progressed into my 30s and 40s, people change, including myself. Circumstances change, and that wonderful circle got smaller and smaller and smaller. Till in the end, everyone had gone their own way and lost contact. You could say that this is typical of groups of friends growing up together. And from that early age, however, and only now into my 40s, do I understand the true value of what I've lost. And I stand very little chance of regaining that in the future. And this results in my own mental health suffering as now in my 40s I feel alone, um, sometimes suffering in darkness without anyone to share some of these thoughts with. So let's think about that. What are the signs that give us an impression of the state of men's mental health? Well, currently, there's three times as many men as women die by suicide. Men under the age of 50 have the highest suicide rates in the UK. Men report lower levels of satisfaction than women, according to the government's National Wellbeing Survey. Men are less likely to access psychological therapies than women. Only 36% of referrals to NHS talking therapies are actually for men. Nearly three quarters of adults who go missing are men. 87% of rough sleepers are men. Men are nearly three times as likely to become dependent on alcohol and three times as likely to be reported frequent drug use. Men are more likely to be compulsory detained or sectioned for treatment than women. Men are more likely to be victims of violent crime. And men make up the vast majority of the prison population. There are high rates of mental health problems and increasing rates of self-harm in prisons. So, you're worried about your own mental health. How can you get help? Well, whilst these may seem simple, you should be under no illusion of how difficult it actually is to reach out. The following are just some points that I've considered myself and have assisted my own growth with helping up, with opening up and obtaining help. So number one, more importantly, I think to start off with the most important, accept that you need and you want help. Start by re being realistic with yourself. If you cannot accept or be open to the idea of help, the whole process will be more difficult for it. Take the time, arrange a visit and discussion with your GP. They will often explain what the best route forward is by assessing how serious your current mental health is. However, if you feel that your situation is too urgent to wait for a GP appointment, you may be experiencing a mental health crisis. And if so, please contact a support service to help you resolve your thoughts 
and support you through it. If you need immediate medical attention, you should always contact A&E at your nearest hospital or call an ambulance. Number two, seek out counseling, group therapy, or cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT sessions. These are some of the therapy types out there, just some of the therapy types out there. Not all will be suitable. In my experience, it took me to try a few different types, finally centering on one-to-one therapy via video link. These video sessions were in response to the 2020 dreaded bug, but I still found them to be useful and helpful in framing my mind and stripping each layer away, uh, each layer away in turn. Don't forget that you can self-refer to NHS Talking Therapies in the UK, and that is a great step to obtaining help. Number three, with mental health, it's important to obtain help early on so things do not escalate to an unmanageable state. Break the isolation and re-engage with family and friends so as to make the request for help easier to follow through on. I approached a close friend a few years ago about dealing with the death of my my own mother. No booze, no bias, no expectations. I just wanted to get some help. In point number one, I mentioned about accepting that you need help and just accepting that you do need help will lay the groundwork for talking to anyone. My mind was open and ready. I knew what I felt was incorrect and I was unable to deal with it alone. I trusted my wife to listen and she would support me endlessly. But when I spoke to someone else who was in the same or similar position, it was just seemed more natural to me. Number four, as I explained earlier, men are expected to behave and act in a certain way to show masculine traits, like needing to be strong, lack of emotion, such as boys don't cry or man up, being dominant, controlling, and being a breadwinner of your household. And even if your parents don't or didn't directly push these views on you, you're likely to unconsciously internalize at least some of these norms and expectation from life around you. And this can come from films or school or friends or family, media you digest, social media, influencers, everywhere in society. It is important to put less pressure on yourself to conform to what society deems manly and be conscious of the times when you're acting up to the stereotype to see if you can change it. Also do yourself a favor and others a favor and stop holding other men to account as this only perpetuates the stereotype and continues the circle. Number five, whether it's your parents, a close friend, your GP, a counselor or therapist, it's important you try to find at least one person you can open up to. Yeah, and that's if you're struggling with a mental health issue, other health issue, or any other problem laying heavy on your mind. Start with one person, then explore your feelings. You'll find out that opening up will show you that you're not alone at all. You just think you are, and there's always people willing to help. Number six, focus on being yourself, not just a man. When conducting everyday life, try to be mindful and conscious about your actions and check to see if you're doing things that just appear manly 
Are you trying to one-up your mates, drive too fast, start fights, drink excessively, or even catcalling women? It takes a strong character to ditch these toxic traits and unfortunately perceived social norms so that you can be true to yourself and give it a go. How does it feel? Do you feel less burdened by that? Do you find it easier to talk? Remember how you acted? Did it seem excessive? Who knows? Give it a try, see how it feels. So the next step is, you're worried about someone's mental health. How can I help them? So say you're concerned about a male friend, husband or relative, and there are things you can do to support them. I mean, there'll be no doubt some crossover in between these items and the ones above, but let's just go through some of these underlining points. Number one, let them know that you're there to listen to them without judgment. Be open without bias and think about what you're going to say before you say it. Try not to bring in any other typical answers. Project yourself into the center of the conversation, such as I know someone who did X and they just did Y to get over it as that comes across as dismissive and uncaring. Let them know that you're there and let them talk and actively listen to what they're saying. Number two, someone who's experiencing mental health problems may find it hard to reach out and open up. So try to keep in touch. A text message or a phone call can make a big difference. Don't push the issue. Sometimes just being there or knowing that the thought counts will often start the ball rolling. Everybody is different and each person will handle it in their own way. The gift in reaching out is that you are cutting through the mire and offering that branch to help without expectations or thoughts of self-gain. Number three, find out about local services such as NHS talking therapies or support groups or any other support uh, group therapy sessions. See if there are any specifically for men that you think that they would be interested in or that they would prefer to go to. Mind has an online directory of peer support groups in England and Wales. If you can, offer to go with them. Perhaps show them the NHS Talking Therapies website and offer to go through it with them. Find a way of being there without suffocating them and you'll offer so much value. Number four, help them to get help. Reassure them that it's okay to ask for help and that support is out there. You could help them contact their GP or accompany them to their appointment if you want to. Just remember, you're there to help them obtain help. Number five, take care of yourself. Looking after someone else can be hard so make sure you consider your own well-being state too. Think about your own social media exposure, doom scrolling the news and negative experiences online. Take time to reset yourself so you can be fully present for those around you who are struggling. We will only get to where we want to go in terms of men's mental health if we watch out for each other and ourselves. Number six. Encourage a strong sense of belonging. People who struggle with their mental health have reported that disconnection from those around them makes everything feel worse. But unfortunately, it seems to be the only way of how they could be dealing with their problems. 
a sense of purpose and meaning and some importance to it that is connected to their activities could help them. Number seven, listen. Keep the conversation about them. Do not be afraid to leave gaps of pure, deafening silence. Often friends seem to want to find similar stories to relate and the conversations can become oddly self-serving. Instead, keep a focus on offering a clear message that how they actually feel and their well-being matters to you and you fully accept their situation and the circumstances with an open heart full of compassion. Remember, you don't need to be the center of conversation. They do. Number eight, slow down and don't rush the conversation. It'll take as long as it takes. If someone's got the courage and has plucked uh, plucked up that courage and has opened up to you, don't be checking the watch or mention that you've got another thing lined up in person or you've got such and such on the television or it just make you make them feel like a burden and further retreat away into darkness. Number nine, ask how you can support them further. Is the conversation providing value? Shed a, schedule another meeting or a video call just to shoot the breeze again. Don't be afraid to take some brutal feedback. Sometimes it might be what you need to hear as well. Transformational listening can and will alter a friendship. And this is a skill in itself. So I hope you, I hope these proved useful in helping not only yourself, but anyone else who you may be supporting during these difficult times. Please feel free to contact us and let us know what works for you. Instagram will have the most up-to-date contact information. Please visit our website, email, or even sneak into the DMs on Instagram. Men's mental health is a broad topic and crossover is unavoidable. And now that we've started on this journey together, I can imagine that in future episodes, we revisit or expand on these issues and build further on these possible helpful points. Now this brings me to the next section. Uh, like same as the last podcast of uh, crikey that's cool and again this is something that could be related to the episode's topic or something that i think is particularly cool and i've got a lot of value on so today's crikey that's cool is a well laid out and thoughtful journal from mindjournals.com now i purchased this journal back in 2020 and i've been using it off and on and as I find sticking to a regime kind of difficult, but this journal is great getting you thinking about um, items of your, your mental health and what's going through your mind and recording your thoughts and feelings. And as I added bonus to myself, none of the pages are dated, which really, really helps. <laughs> Currently used by thousands of guys all over the world, Mind Journal is your tool to a happier, healthier you. If you visit www.mindjournals.com and download the guidebook, that will show you how to use the journal and what to expect. Plenty of good vibes and mindfulness stuff going on in those pages, and the activities will really add value to your journaling journey. I personally found that by writing and completing the journal, the noise and clutter in my own head was a lot easier to deal with. And oddly, I felt physically lighter 
which is saying a lot if you've ever seen a picture of me on Instagram. And finally, a quick disclaimer. The Theseus Project and myself are not professionals. If you have a serious mental health crisis and need urgent assistance, please, please, please seek assistance from the emergency services. If you're in the UK, you can self-refer to the Talking Therapies web online on NHS Talking Therapies. Just a quick Google search and you've taken the first step. And full disclosure, I've done this myself. I found it to be very helpful. There's no shame in asking for help. It's completely fine. And remember, it's okay to not be okay. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I look forward to exploring more mental health topics with you, as well as more cool stuff in the not so distant future. So until then, take care, stay safe, and remember, look after yourself.